Sin Media acknowledges and pays respect to the people of the Woi Wurrung and Bun Wurrung language groups of the Eastern Kulin Nations on whose unceded lands the Sin office and studios stand. Sin Media respectfully acknowledges their ancestors and elders, past, present and emerging. Sin Media also acknowledges the traditional custodians and their ancestors of the lands and waters across Australia where our content reaches and on which Sin partner organisations stand. Sovereignty has never been ceded. It always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Welcome back to the Naughty Ridge Show. You're listening to Sin. Uh, you're with Indy, Tammy and Zach. So the first topic we're going to talk about tonight um, I postulated to my friends Tammy and Zakia, what unsolicited advice have you received from beauticians or hairdressers or anyone you've gone to get a service from, uh, maybe a cosmetic service or grooming service? So, yeah, guys, have you ever received this very niche advice? I definitely have. It's hard to pinpoint the exact advice that I've gotten. I have had some sketchy stuff over the years, definitely, but... The one that's really constant with me that I've noticed is that it's always to do with boys, 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 boys. I've never like ever spoken about my sexuality. I've never brought up anything about anything really to do with my love life, but it's always boys. That's like the one constant theme that I always get. So you get relationship advice when you go to the salon. Interesting. And it's always about boys. Yeah. It's never like non-gender specific always boys yeah always so boys like, and men and yeah yeah I wonder if they're looking out for you or maybe they're just it's the <laughs> projecting their own advice <laughs> are they are they male or female asking you generally female mm, okay. generally uh I can't say I've gotten too much advice see here's the thing whenever I show up to the hairdresser I usually just ask for my hair but shorter uh <laughs> except for once once I asked for my hair, but a lot shorter because I was, it, it was straight after lockdown. My hair had gotten super long and I was like, I want it gone. So I walk in uh, to a barber, a different one to one that I normally go on to because it was just after work and there was one right next to where I work. So I was like, I'll just go here because I'm just getting a buzz cut. I don't care. It doesn't need to be good. I just want it off. And I show up and I'm like, oh, I just want it all off. And the barber's just like, what? I'm like, yeah, just number four all over my head. Like, everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean. I want it all gone, please. Please, yeah. just shave my head. I miss the lockdown long hair. I miss, like, logging into Zoom and seeing people with, like, disarrayed, very grown-out haircuts. Yeah. I miss so- the at-home jobs. Seeing the at-home jobs was the real kicker for me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, well, I guess I better give my examples because um, I had some very specific advice given. So... Like maybe the first one I ever got given was um, I went to the salon for like a leg wax and the lady said to me, oh, I've noticed a bit of um, pigmentation on your skin, on your face. Um, I was like, oh, okay. And at this time thinking like I didn't have any problems with my face skin. Um, And then she kept going saying, oh, like, you know, it's a bit of pigmentation, blah, blah, blah. And um, then recommended me a product they sell. And I was like, great, I'm definitely not buying that. Um, <laughs> See, I was going to say, what does she mean pigmentation? But I get it now. She means pigmentation as in buy my stuff. Yeah. Please. Oh, yeah. Oh, there's no basis for it. Um, and I forgot that this advice ever happened, but I only remembered because I went back to the same salon like a couple weeks ago 
for a leg wax again. And a different beautician there said, oh, your legs, you need to, like, I didn't even ask. I said, do you moisturize and exfoliate? And I was like, no. And she's like, all right, well, we've got some stuff here that you can buy and use. And I was just like, I don't need this. I, <laughs> I didn't come here to be told that my grooming is not up to scratch. Um, I'm a very busy person. So <laughs> I just found that, um, yeah, unsolicited is the best way to put it. No, particularly when it's coming in the form of the sales pitch. Yeah. Always be wary. Always be wary. We've just gone over some, uh, you know, unsolicited, unsolicited beautician advice, spoken about, you know, what do people say when you're getting your hair cut and stuff like that? And that's uh, tying very nicely into a little convo about facial hair because uh, I'm going to just come out of the woods right now and say that I can't grow facial hair at all. Uh, obviously, you can't see my current appearance, but my hair is sticking up in ways that make me uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> my face is fuzzy and I do not like it and I cannot wait to go and shave as soon as we are done with the show. Uh, but what do you... like? How often do you two shave? Shave my face? Um, yeah. Because actually the answer is regularly. I'm not joking. I shave my face. Whoa. Only because I hate having peach fuzz. I hate it. And then when I put on makeup or my skincare products, glides on. I don't know how you boys with the thick hair do it. I True. was so, like, two years ago, first year uni, I was so, three years ago, Jesus. I was so... <laughs> committed like every second day every two days i would shave full face shave it all lockdown didn't see anyone for ages and i have fallen off of the bandwagon so hard and will regularly go like two weeks without shaving and it looks awful but it takes so much energy i agree with the post lockdown like i actually think we might have talked about this before but the, you get so used to being at home that you just really drop the ball and then you get pulled up on it. Oh, I have really dropped the ball. But Zach, you said you should be able to grow facial hair because you are a European man. I'm half Greek, half Italian. Both of those, uh, like everyone in my family has beards. Well, not everyone, but most people in my family either have or can definitely grow beards. I can't to save my life. I've tried like once and then I was just like never again um it just looks like I have really like a really dirty face it mm. doesn't look nice it doesn't feel good like if I let my facial hair grow I feel physically like ill <laughs> like the hair is the hair is weighing down my soul physically ill with your own facial hair um, it feels awful uh Tammy does that does that peach fuzz do that to you or Look, can't say that I relate that badly, but I still I still understand the feeling. That's how I often get with my leg hair. Because, like, when it's gone, it's all silky, it's smooth, it's lovely, and then I don't shave for a couple of weeks. I'm like, oh, that's what the wind feels like in my leg hair. Nice. <laughs> I will say I can grow leg hair like nobody else. I've got that. <laughs> <laughs> Have you guys heard of the, like, back to kind of putting makeup on the face? Um, like if you want to draw on eyebrows, you can glue down your existing eyebrows and then put foundation over them. I've That's never tried it, but I know the technique. Yes. Mm. It's really hard. Like you think, oh yeah, glued down, no worries. But I've tried it for multiple like costume parties. Um, and then the foundation just fully cakes in the eyebrows. It's not, 
it's not fun. It's not cute. See, the bit that turns me off is taking it off. Like, taking out, like, goofy glue from in Mm. between your eyebrow hairs. No, drag queens are insane. I could never. (laughs) I am going to jump on the eyebrow talk and say that I do shave. I have a really bad monobrow, which I do have to shave regularly as well. Uh, I'm just going to give a quick little shout out to my friend who once uh, in high school shaved off half of his eyebrow trying to do that, which has led to me being super careful whenever I do it. I've also done that. It's fine. Don't stress. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't done it yet. I haven't done it. I mean, my eyebrows are a little lopsided right now, but they're always a little lopsided. But if I don't shave my eyebrows, it's just a straight line. It's just a line. Have you ever considered (laughs) the pluck, Zach? Uh, considered, yes. Can I be bothered doing it? No. There's too much hair and it's like, I'm already, I've got my razor. I might as well just go for it and just Mm. shave it. You know, if I, if I screw it up, it's still better than leaving it as one giant line on my face. This conversation has come to an end. We're going to move on a little. We have a bit of a question now just to break things up. Uh, We were submitted this question through our link tree. You can find that at linktr.ee slash naughty rude sin the question that was asked to us was is it dangerous to take hormone supplements slash suppressants as a teenager when my body is already growing and changing due to the hormones it wants to naturally produce now this is a very medical question that i have no idea on so i'm going to hand this off to my medical friend indy thanks do you have an answer to this yep i do i learned this last year um in my general practice rotation um and the short answer is no, it is not dangerous to take hormone suppressants if you are, um, I assume the question is asking about hormones to change um, the person's biological gender. So just to go into a bit of nitty gritty, they're also called puberty blockers, these hormone suppressants. Um, so you might have um, an LGBTQIA plus or gender neutral or um, trans young person that decides that they don't identify with their um, biological sex. Um, And this is where uh, I guess terminology becomes important. I did just before say gender when I should have said sex, which um, sex is the, I guess, XY or XX uh, genetics that gives you either a vagina or a penis and then um, male or female is gender. So it's sex and gender. So a person, if they don't identify with their biological sex, they can take puberty blockers to prevent Um, the secondary sexual characteristics um, so in women or uh, xx that's um let's use the genetic codes here just to get a bit more nitty-gritty that might be breast bud development that might be hair growth in the armpits um, and in the uh, vulval region Um, it in men or xy sorry it might be um, deepening the voice um, a growth a growth spurt in large hands things like that so if a person decides they don't want to go through those secondary sexual characteristics, they can take um, these hormone suppressants or these puberty blockers. What it does is actually just prevents that um, physiological puberty. Um, it's completely irreversible. So as soon as they stop taking the medications, um, puberty will, will resume. Um, and it's kind of prescribed by doctors such as um, child, kid doctors or um, hormone doctors to provide time for cognitive and social development. So it kind of prevents um, you or this young person going past the the imaginary threshold of becoming a certain sex and gives them a bit more time to, I guess the doctors want to make sure that this young person is completely 
solid in their decision. And then also they can go ahead with gender affirming surgery, which is uh, top surgery, so removal of the breasts um, and other uh, reconstructive surgeries that change penises into vaginas and vice versa. So that's the long answer. Um, there's definitely a lot out there in terms of um, hormone treatments and there's a lot to the process, like uh, the young person has to see also a psychiatrist, um, which is interesting, uh, which reflects like a legal social view of how we see this biological um, phenomenon. But hopefully that gives a bit more information to any young listeners out there. Um, Zach and Tammy, was that all able to be followed in a cohesive manner? It was a lot, but absolutely. I yeah. think so, yes. <laughs> So is it dangerous at any time to take any hormone supplement or anything then regardless of whether you are going through puberty or anything? I assume so long as it's prescribed by a doctor, everything should be all honky-dory. Contraceptive pills, I think, is a good where place to start. Um, Tammy and Zach, do you guys know much about the contraceptive pill? What do you know? I know only from my own experience, which is I went to a doctor and said, hey, I want to be on it. And they were like, okay, sure. Um, and then I was on it for a couple of years before um, I didn't get doctor advice and took myself off of it. So that that's my knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> Zach? Speaking from my experience, uh, no, I don't know a lot about it. Um, the main thing I have heard is that some people take it for period regulation um, not just as a contraceptive, but I've just heard that. I don't actually know how any of it works. Yep. Well, you come to the right place, Zach, and all the listeners. Tammy, you can help me out on this one. So to kind of directly answer the question here, is, is this safe to take during puberty? Yes. So um, the contraceptive pill is a pill with two types of hormones in it that is safe to take um, during any stage of um, adult life mainly for an XX, so um, a biologically born female. The hormones that are in the contraceptive pill is estrogen and progesterone, and they have two different actions. The way that you take it is you have a normal 28-day cycle, usually. Uh, you take the hormonal pills for 21 days and the sugar pills for seven days. Tammy, did you take the sugar pills every month? Quite honestly, no. No, I never did because I knew that they were sugar pills. I would, I think there was, there was either five or seven in each packet. I cannot remember. Um, but yeah, I just wouldn't take anything within those days because I knew that it wasn't going to do anything. It just holds up the routine, um, which ultimately I did need that routine, but I chose not to do it anyway. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's my experience. <laughs> was that the right thing to do? Yeah. Well, um, so you had like a seven day or five day break where you took no pills and then, yeah. So I guess, yeah, Tammy, what you're doing is what the sugar pills do anyway, which is you're not having the hormones um, and you're supposed to have your withdrawal bleed. So the endometrial lining, the uterus lining is built up during those 21 days sheds. And the kind of reason that this happens is when these pills are manufactured, it was thought that it is necessary to have a period every month and that if you kept taking these pills, the hormonal pills, continuously back to back without a break that you wouldn't have your period and that would be abnormal something that i learned in my medical studies was you can actually take the hormonal pills back to back to back to back to back literally well i'm not going to say for however long you want but you can just miss your periods um, on a regular basis which is pretty cool because 
having periods can sometimes be cumbersome um, and inconvenient. And the reason, just to give you guys a bit of history about this, is uh, this is what a professor told me. Um, cast your minds back to, you know, 100 years ago or maybe more, 200 years ago, when women were married off early and had babies early and had lots of babies. When you are pregnant, you don't have your period. And when you're breastfeeding, you don't have your period because of hormones. And what was happening for young women was, you know, let's say they got their period at age 13 or 14, um, had baby by age 17, breastfeeding, and then got pregnant maybe a year or two later, breastfeeding, pregnant, blah, blah, blah. A woman isn't actually having their period for most of their adult life if they are continuously getting pregnant and breastfeeding, right? Um, and then life expectancy wasn't so long back then. So if we cast our minds back, it wasn't actually that common to have lots of periods. Um, so there you go. This is kind of a reason, an explanation why taking these hormones back to back kind of simulates this way that women used to live um, and it's, it's safe. So um, that's me. I just Guess- learned two things then, which is that, yes, you can take the pill back to back, back to back, which is very interesting. Do have a question about that in a moment. Second thing that I learned, though, I didn't know that you didn't have your period when you're breastfeeding. Yeah, yeah. So wow, then, yeah, I knew that yeah. it would take obviously a while after you know you birth a child for you know everything to get back into rhythm to sync back up, but I didn't know that that was the common thing. Wow. Yeah. And sometimes people use that as contraception. They breastfeed and they're like, "Oh, I don't want to use a condom after my baby because I know my breastfeeding will protect me." It's not a hundred percent, but it definitely helps. <laughs> This is a question way, way back from the past on our Tumblr. What questions should I ask on a first date? I always run out of things to say. So if you're still listening to the show, whoever asked that, because this is completely anonymous, well, better late than never. (laughs) So what do you two think are great things to ask on a first date? Well, firstly, because this is a little bit of a, a question, a blast from the past, really hope this person did find some things to say. Hope they're doing well now. Um, secondly, I love to ask questions. Questions are great because you don't have to like, gener- like that helps generate the conversation rather than, oh, wow, the, the, the weather's pretty good, isn't it? You I know, like it gets, gets, gets the ball rolling a bit more, gets, get, lets you get to know that person a bit more. Handy. Well, well, do you have a go-to question? Depends on the person, depends on how much I already know of them. Right. Family's right. always a good start. What's your family like? Do you have any siblings? Do you mm. what what does your house look like? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it does depend on how well you know them. Maybe in the in this day and age, post-pandemic, you could ask them about pandemic stuff, like what hobby Ooh. did you learn? Or how deep did you get to know yourself? Or um, out of ten, how's your mood? <laughs> See, what are your thoughts on, like, the deep questions? Because this this is something that I've heard some people say they love and heard some people say they hate. Like, some people, like, the sort of questions that are like, oh, what are your thoughts on, you know, the meaning of life? Or what do you think happens when we die? Or do you think there's a God? Like, what are your thoughts on those sorts of, like, abstract questions? Some people love them, some people hate them. Personally, not a fan. But what about you two? Well, okay. see, I love asking it to other people because hearing other people's thoughts on that's so interesting to me. When that's asked to me, nah, hate it because I don't have any thoughts. 
like ever <laughs> in general, like not one. But <laughs> Indy, I love talking about that stuff. And Zach, this can be a comparison. <laughs> why, why, why don't you like to talk about that stuff? Okay, John? no, I do like talking about that stuff. I just don't like talking about like if it's a first date. I, this is assuming like I don't really know the person. If it's someone who I've started dating after I've gotten to know them already, fine. But if it's someone I'm dating, like if it's a first date with someone who I've barely met or have never even met before, no. I, I'm not ready to bear that part of my soul yet. Mm. Is it just too Warm much too soon? Ask me, about like... my, ask me about what my house looks like first and then ask me what I think <laughs> of God. Mm. <laughs> Maybe it's yeah. just it's like it's not that it's too soon. It's just like me answering this, I don't feel like is going to give much of an indi- indication of whether we'd actually get along. I'd rather talk about you know just general interests. What do you do for fun? Because then we can find out if we both have things we do for fun. Because if we don't have things that we like doing for fun potentially with each other, that m- might be a problem. Like, I'd rather find any common interests rather than common beliefs, if that makes sense. Also, I just don't think that beliefs have to be common for people to get along. What if you met this person? You do make a good point there. Mm. What if you met this person, like, let's say, Zach, you really liked lawn bowls and you met this person (laughs) whilst you're both doing lawn bowls, so you already knew that you had someone, and you're both drinking a little espresso martini and you realise you're both into lawn bowls and cocktails. Um, then would the deep questions be allowed then? Um, there's so many situations that I, like, like how long have I been lawn bowling with this person for? Like, have we lawn bowled together in the past? Um, is this a new situation? Because if it's like, if I've only just met them, then my go-to question would probably be, so how long have you been lawn bowling for? Is that a thing people who do lawn bowls ask? Is lawn bowling a thing people do? Yeah, do, yeah, yeah. Are, are there cool. lawn bowlers? Sorry, I'm going off yeah. the rails, but are there lawn bowlers? Yeah, yeah. Maybe, okay, don't don't make your first date if you're not sure what the person is like and you need a get-out-of-jail-free card. Ask them if they do lawn bowls. <laughs> or, completely unprompt them, uh, unprompted, ask them how long they've been lawn bowling for. Yeah. Even if they've never mentioned lawn bowls in their life, this, you'll stick this is, out. This is like a if you if people listen to Sin and listen to this specific episode and lawn bowls comes up and they ask, do you lawn bowl? And they'll both know that, that they're talking about this Sin episode and they'll both bond because they've listened. Maybe it can be like a secret Sin code. If you If you like lawn bowls, hit us up on Linktree, hit us up on Tumblr. We want to know, have you met a partner through lawn bowls? <laughs> Maybe Surely. that's my problem. Maybe I'm looking in the wrong places. Maybe I need to start doing lawn bowls. I don't bowls. know if we've really helped answering uh, questions that you should ask on a first date. But <laughs> I think we've given some options. Um, we've given some options. I think going for the standard, again, this depends on how much you know them, but the standard, like, what interests you? What are you planning on doing? Like, what are your kind of life goals uh, and what do you do, like, at the moment in your spare time? Like, I think those are three fairly solid go-tos. Gives you an idea if you've got interests in common. Gives you an idea of where they want to end up, where you want to end up sort of aligns. Gives you an idea of if things you can currently do align. Mm-hmm. I think they're pretty pretty standard. And then just, like, have a conversation, just veer off from there. 
Maybe you don't have things in common, but maybe something they are interested in is something you've always wanted to learn more about. Boom. Ask them. Use them as a resource. Also, yes. they're a potential partner, so don't just use them as a resource. Like, talk to them, engage them, <laughs> but use them to learn. Use, use to your learn. first dates to pick up new hobbies and nothing oh. else. <laughs> use them as a resource and pick them up. The other thing is, if they ask you a smart question, ask it back to them. You can steal yeah. their question and they won't know. They'll be so excited to talk about it. Just hit them with a, what about you? Yeah, what about you? All right, everyone, that is time for the Naughty Rude Show to wrap up for this evening. You've been with myself, Indy, Tammy, as well as Zach. We have been having the bestest pleasure of all uh, answering all your questions, so please do keep them coming on. Thank you all for listening. Bye.